afternoon, good evening, good morning, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to the All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast. It's number 84, and it is our it's our Christmas special, Rafe, isn't it? We've got Morecambe and Wise coming in. We've got Andre Previn flying in from New York to do Chopin. We've got a, or we've got you, Steve, and me talking about all the fun things that are happening in the world of Windows Phone. Which shall we do? I think we'll go for the Windows Phone theme, but we'll try and inject some Christmas merriment or at least some ideas for Christmas presents. I know it's not uh, Christmas for everyone all over the world, but here in the UK where we're all based, we're just gearing up for the Christmas season and then the New Year. So we thought we'd put a bit of that into this week's podcast. Indeed. What a nice way to spend a year of the podcast. Right. Uh, we do have some things to catch up on. Of course, we have Ray Blanford uh, joining us and we also have Steve Litchfield. Hello, Steve. Hello there. Uh, ready for Christmas? Oh, yes. Ready to go. Right, okay. Uh, we've got some things to pick up from last week. Uh, first of all, we had the great big discussion on freemium and, and the revelation that there was a PIN code, which you've been investigating more this week. Well, you actually apparently knew about this, and I'm amazed that I've been using Windows Phone for two years now, if not if not three years. And at first I'd heard of it, um, and obviously it's, it's kind of buried in settings in the store. Most people, like me, probably have never actually tapped on the menu within the store. We're too eager to get the games and the applications and to get onto the downloads and the updates. But there is a token fledgling settings menu with one item in it, which is PIN. And if you tap on that, and there's a tutorial on the site, which Rafe will link to in the show notes, you can set a PIN, which neatly protects against in-app purchases, which means it kind of defuses my argument against freemium that... You can now hand your phone to your teenager or kid or whatever, and you, you know that they don't know, don't know your PIN code, therefore they can't make that £50 or £99 in-app purchase by mistake. It's of course, more a safety catch, though, than a, than, a, yeah. than a protection, though. Let's be honest here. It's enough. It's enough. And I, and I accept that it's enough. My, my, I still have a moral objection, though, to the fact that some applications <laughs> have a £99 in-app purchase in the first place. Um, I was reviewing a, a app for the site today as we record this called Shuffle, which is a word game. And all of the in-app purchases are all less than £5. And I can accept that. The most you can spend to keep you going for a year of gameplay is about £5. That's about right. £99 is 20 times too much, I contend. Oh, come on, let's stop the cavalry for a moment here. Everybody is responsible for what happens on their phone. And I do, in part, Steve, it's true. your argument about you know, handing it over to others. But I don't think we should be giving Microsoft a ceiling for these limits. I don't think that we should be saying to developers, don't put in these expensive options. Everybody can decide what to price their game at, what to price their levels at. There are two things here. The first one is accidental purchases or purchases by people who do, or such as family members and children and cousins and everybody coming over and purchases by yourself when you can see how much it costs. I'm sorry. The thing here is, People and developers need to earn money. There is a 1% of whales who will pay lots of money, who will be happy to drop $100 uh, on in-app purchases, and those people subsidize everybody else. They subsidize people that only put in 2 or $3. They subsidize the high percentage of people that don't buy freemium at all. Without the whale cost, so let's call it, let's call it whale cost or the, the $99, Everything else becomes more expensive or we don't have applications. Windows Phone has a problem of, of application support and the perception of application support. And one of the key things to get developers on board is to say, here is the money. If Microsoft start to restrict the money that you can earn on freemium, 
I think that would be a very bad move. It'd be almost like implementing a strategy of um, doing a new direction for your company and then firing the CEO. And no sensible company would do that just before they step into Christmas. But that, that, that higher level where it is, it's, it's literally is silly money is surely there to trap people who are gullible, foolish, and idiots. And, and I don't maybe, like the word maybe, trap, Steve. I don't like the fact that the, <laughs> people cannot take responsibility for going, it says this costs $99, I'm buying $99, I put a pin in. I, I'm sorry, I completely disagree with another the, example, the underhand then. trapping nature. Another example, then. In the Windows Phone store, I was browsing through new applications, and there was an app, it was just a trivial little information app, $670, or £670. £670 for an application on your phone. And it was clearly there to trap people who think, oh, I fancy that app, and didn't look at the price. It was purely That's there. That's different as a, people who are buying lots of freemium value coins in a game, which, is, which was your original point. Your original point was the 99 whale of people having to buy these extra tokens. That's different to the buy this expensive application argument here. Let's split those out for a second. I think Rafe should be the judge. Rafe. I'm sympathetic with the view that Ewan has that, you know, you should just let it be dictated by market forces. And there are examples I can think of where a £99 or a $99 in-app purchase might be justified. You know, for example, paying for some subscription for content or you know, some other high-value item. But it does seem a bit iniquitous in games, at least to my mind. And I, I take the example that, you know, it's open choice and people can decide for themselves but at the same time there's just something that leaves me a little bit uncomfortable that that becomes a you know a, a mainstream part of games and it's you're right it's free will you can choose yourself but some of the time i think that there, there is an element of you know people want to buy it and they don't necessarily think about it or don't notice a pricing it that does happen just as you know especially with these high price stuff i'm sure there are people who buy accidentally just as there are people who you know make a deliberate decision to do so and so i guess ewan's right actually there should be no restriction on the <laughs> you have a blue christmas now you said that <laughs> there should be no restriction on the in-app payments but i do think it then is dependent on the game developers to not take the mickey out of the system and i don't really think you can ever justify putting a hundred pound in-app purchase into a game i think it's as I say, maybe in other areas, it's a good idea. You're only going to end up annoying consumers. And, you know, for the whales, yeah, possibly it's there. But I think that's a pretty small minority in my view. Small minority that pays for everybody else. There we go. Move on. Uh, Rafe, lots and lots of video happening in the store with Xbox in front of it. Are we starting to see a joined up strategy coming through with the release of Xbox video and Xbox Music Pass preview? Yes, we are, frankly. Hey, next topic. Right, Steve, on it. Right, very briefly, because um, people might not have hit these, because they just came out last night. We have more media from Xbox on Windows Phone. Yeah, I mean, this is the Xbox Video app, and it goes in hand in hand, really, with Microsoft's Xbox Video Service. And the way you can think about this, really, is it's the TV and film version of the Windows Phone store for apps and games. In Windows Phone 7, we did have this with kind of the Zoom marketplace, but it was, you know, connected via the PC and all of that. When we went to Windows Phone 8, there was actually no way to kind of buy or rent TV or film content, which to me was a, you know, a big gap in the ecosystem, really short-sighted on Microsoft's part. They have now filled that gap, but it's pretty shocking, honestly, that it's taken them a year to get here. That said, it does mean they've kind of completed the if you like the relaunch of Xbox video service, something that happened with Windows 8 and the Xbox One console. 
And there is now a pretty slick service providing you know, a multi-device cl- cloud-enabled, if you like, the three-screen video experience, because you can buy the content wherever you like. It's sort of stored in the cloud, and then you can play it back on your Windows phone device, on Windows 8, on Xbox, or through the xboxvideo.com website. It, you can stream content, or you can download it onto your phone, so for the offline scenario. There's a pretty good catalog. It's available in 22 countries. It does vary the content and the depth of that catalogue by country. But in the UK, for example, we've got lots of BBC and Channel 4 content. The films, they're pretty much universal, obviously, depending a little bit on release dates and things like that. It all works very well indeed. You know, it's nice that you can uh, rent content. There's the choice between SD and HD content. At the moment, Windows Phone can't play back HD content, but you'll actually be given the option to download the kind of standard definition or the SD content. I'm pretty impressed by this. It's just a shame that it's taken... A while to get here. Um, I suspect for a lot of people it won't be that big a deal because they're either subscribing to something like Netflix or they're getting their you know, video content from elsewhere. But if you're part of the Microsoft ecosystem, or you know you've got something like a Surface tablet, or you, you know, invested in this Xbox video either on your Xbox console or on your Windows 8 laptop or something like that, this is really welcome news because it kind of completes the joining up of that thing. And you know, if you ignore the other areas you might get video from it works really well it's great it works on your phone works on your tablet works on your pc and will we'll work through the web so microsoft have done a good job here uh, so i just think it's a, <laughs> a bit shocking it's taken this long to get here and they do need to do a bit more work on the content catalog i mean there are some tv shows that are available the day after they broadcast homeland for example but they're going to have to deepen that catalog because it's uh, it doesn't really measure up to the itunes catalog yet and i think even google play would probably be a better option for the time being but i think that's something that will be fixed in relatively short order yeah and it's probably worth pointing out that microsoft have been very very evil with the music pass for example and they're charging you 99 dollars for an entire year's worth of content and nobody's going to pay that sort of money uh, for content on their smartphone, are they, Steve? I'm just saying that, val- you know, the value of things is in the personal perception. Uh, as a music pass owner, it was very, very interesting for me to see the Xbox Music Pass application come out. Um, this is interesting because it's, it's, it's clearly labeled as a preview. And at the moment, the majority of the functionality um, of uh, navigating the catalog, looking at the bio, streaming music, is duplicated in Windows Phone's main music application. Uh, but there are some interesting touches in there. For example, synchronized playlists. If I do playlists on one of my devices, um, then it's synchronized across everything that's signed into the Xbox Music Pass system. Um, if the, my music has been downloaded from Xbox Music, then it will actually download uh, the tracks onto the other handsets ready to play. If it's an MP3 that I've uploaded myself, it doesn't copy over. It's not quite at Google Play levels yet, but it is a preview. Um, and I'd love it to have the same sort of level of functionality as Google Play or Google Play uh, Music to come over to when the format. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it's, it's certainly, again, less well-formed than even the video offering, but I'm expecting more of that probably late in Q2 next year um, for, for a rollout with that one. Of course, it all ties in with having your Xbox One and your, your home console and content systems as well. So um, it, it, it shows promise, Rafe. It, it, it does. I mean, this, like Xbox Video, really comes into its own if you're you know fully embedded within the Microsoft ecosystem. And I think from the Windows Phone perspective, that's not always true. Um, if you're using this on your Xbox console or you're using it on your PC and tablet and then also want it on your Windows phone device, 
it works really well. And I think that kind of seamless sync of playlists, I, I can actually see this start to deliver on the promise of kind of three screens in a very meaningful way. Having been using a, a Lumia 2520, which is a Windows RT tablet, the way that syncs with a Windows 8 uh, desktop or a laptop, then you add in the phone element of this. And this is on the obviously the service side, these two. It starts to look really promising indeed. And there are still holes in it. And you said, quite right, this is a preview. But there's a lot of potential here. I mean, some people will be aghast at the idea of everything sort of being cloud-enabled and that subscription service for music rather than actually owning the MP3s. But there is going to be an element of being able to download tracks so you can use them offline and yes you are going to have to have the the music subscription but you know that does seem to be the way the business model is going i mean in many ways this is the spotify equivalent and xbox music and video as it is now on windows phone feels you know a bit left behind you know there's always been problems with getting things to sync properly this new version from the quick look i've had at it it seems to be more reliable and this is kind of a hint at what's coming in windows phone 8.1 it shows a lot of promise. You have to kind of look at it in two ways. Is it of interest to kind of standalone Windows Phone owners? Probably less so. But as I say, if you are within that Windows ecosystem, I think that's going to apply to an increasing number of people, and particularly with regard to you know Windows 8 starting to be more widely adopted on you know new computers. And I suspect the people listening to this podcast are very much in the kind of uh, multi-ecosystem mode in the sense they probably have other devices you know they use services that might be independent of the ecosystems or may mix and match but there are going to be a lot of owners who are you know picking up windows phone because it is the microsoft product in mobile and they already have a microsoft laptop or a tablet or something like that it, it's a factor lesser for microsoft in mobile because obviously they're not not as big as something like android or apple but then you turn it around the other way and go there's going to be lots of people who have microsoft stuff elsewhere be that the xbox console which obviously google doesn't have an equivalent to nor really does apple the apple tv may be being a factor there and of course on the desktop as well and again apple's share of the desktop market is much smaller and you know google well it's got the kind of chromebooks and things like that but not in the same way and so microsoft's ecosystem's efforts are kind of about coming down and if you own the Microsoft stuff and have a Windows phone, great. But I think the other companies often get more credit simply because you know they're more mobile first, if you like. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch all of this because it, with both these services, it feels like Microsoft is just sort of finishing off putting the ecosystem bits in place. So I'll say what I said again for video, it's surprising it's taken them this long to do it. But it does tell me that you know, Windows Phone 8.1 is going to be an interesting one to watch because that's going to be very much. You know, mission completed on the first stage of delivery of the the three screen the kind of ecosystem experience you know writ large across windows phone and all microsoft and windows platforms to be perfectly fair though if all they've done is actually got back to the same level that they had when they released the zune hd standalone mp3 player four years ago it, they haven't that's why i say it's a bit on the shocking <laughs> oh, side really, really annoying. <laughs> it, it, it is i mean to be fair it now reaches across all their kind of platforms and devices but, yeah, Zoom did that as well. Yeah, the, the fact it's taken this long isn't really uh, excusable. Having said, you know, of course, this stuff is more complicated than you know people might at first think. But is that really an excuse for a company the size of Microsoft? No, but it's here now. 
So, you know, that the kind of it's not there yet, they haven't done it yet is a moot point now. Indeed, yes. And you can be walking in there as much as you like with your zoos and stuff. It's getting it into the hands of consumers that actually count. Uh, it's also great to talk about Windows 8.1, but we should keep an eye on the devices that are out and about just now. And uh, Steve's been having a look at the Lumia 625 over the last two or three weeks. It's a, it's a device that, uh, Rafe, I know you had some time with then, sent it up to me to have some time with it as well. I don't think any one of us would actually say that we want the 625 as our main Windows phone handset. But certainly, Rafe, I was impressed with it being a good second choice. So, uh, Steve, what's your thoughts on the 625 yourself? Uh, absolutely. Um, I just finished reviewing it for my own phone show plug. Plug again, Rafe can put the link to the Flow story, which has got this embedded. And my conclusion has to be that, uh, that there is one show-stopping flaw for me as a power user, as Windows phone, you know, old hand, etc. But... For the vast majority of people who are perhaps technophobes or, or teenagers or parents or family uh, relatives, whoever, they might actually find this a really approachable Windows phone that doesn't break the bank. I mean, for £150 on pairs you go, you get a 4.7-inch screen, uh, you get the pretty darn good Windows phone performance. You can't play some of the very highest-spec titles. Things like a Real Racing, for example, aren't available for the 512 uh, megabytes of RAM, but... That aside, you got was it ninety eight percent of games, Rafe, and uh, nearly yeah, all the applications. Like yeah, yeah. So really, a stonkingly good Windows Phone experience at not very much money with a, a screen size that's on first glances it's competitive with things like the Galaxy S three, Galaxy S four, and they can hop on it with their you know um, forty pound a month Android f- friends and not feel too ashamed. And they haven't had to spend anything like the same amount of money. So I think it's a cracking device. The one showstopper for me would be the screen tech used and after using you know nokia's uh, clear black display polarizers on most of their phones in the last uh, few years um, having used the, the the amoled displays having used this incredible display on things like the uh, 920 for example and rafe you got on the 1520 as well the nokia's real top-end lcd displays to go to something that's really absolutely a budget display because nokia was shaped even cost the bone is a bit of a shame but if you were just a your average first time windows phone user this was your first you know windows phone and you were delighted by the speed of the interface and delighted by the applications and the way everything worked i think you could probably forgive this screen tech at that price point so i, I gave it a hearty thumbs up yeah I, i'd agree i mean what's come out of all these cheap devices is increasingly looks like it's the screen that is one of the most important differentiators i mean the thing about the 625 it does have a lower resolution screen but i think the quality aspect of the screen is actually more important as you you're saying there steve but is that an acceptable trade-off when you're paying you know a third of the price for the device uh, I, I certainly think so you know the old adage that you should pay as much as you can and you get the highest quality well that's true but just in terms of value for money both the 520 and the 625 are really hard to beat because you do get 95 percent of the experience of the higher end devices in terms of what you can actually do how much of an impact does screen have on the quality of that experience uh, that's going to depend on the individual and as you said if you've used a higher spec device it is hard going back to that but people who might be thinking about buying the device does that really apply and could i live with it yeah of course i could live with the the, the 625 i mean knowing something's better out there but that's yeah, that's true of a, a lot of things. I mean, I was talking to some of the Nokia UK guys and they were saying the 625 is doing really well. I mean, it's it's not quite on 520 levels yet, but it's sort of heading that way. It's turning out to be a really popular handset and operators like it because it's got the 4G technology in it as well in terms of the cellular connectivity. So that does make it quite good in terms of future proofing. 
I would expect the price to probably drop a little bit more as well over time, just as the 520 did. And uh, you know, people have been asking us, you know, what's going to be the next 520? Well, the 625 isn't it, but it certainly feels like assisted device to the 520 in terms of that you know, really good value for money. Indeed, and I have to agree as well. The 625, you know, it's not the one that you immediately grab for. But if that was what I had when I was out and about, I would be more than happy with it. And yet the screen is very slightly down. And yes, it's interesting that the battery is still fixed, even though you could pretty much see the joins uh, when you take the back case off. But you know, this is what Nokia traditionally have always been good at taking a platform driving it down driving the cost down, still maintaining a high enough level of user satisfaction that people are happy to use these phones for years and they don't fall to bits after six months um it's just a really good strong ethos of handset you know when you have apple that do one or two handsets a year you can put a lot of effort into them nokia now they're up to speed are not doing that approach they're taking like eight ten fifteen twenty different types of uh, handsets over Asha and Lumia um, and Android and doing their best with them and stuff that people are not scared to show in public. You know, 65 is incredibly fashionable. You know, you see that, you look at it up to somebody's ear, you're going to go, they've got a nice phone. I like them. I want to know more about that. <laughs> you don't get that with, you you know, the HTC Nevada San Francisco, for example, um, putting in four manufacturers. So they can all sue us. Uh, and uh, and it could be Savior's Day for the lawyers, but there we go. Um, right, hardware off, applications next. Uh, Nokia Motion Monitor. I'm not trying to say that after I've had the eggnog grave, so can we talk about that one first? Uh, this is a beta that's only available for the 1520 because it actually relies a bit on a bit of hardware that's in the Snapdragon 800. Um, it's interesting because this is something we're going to see on all of the next generation of the Windows phone devices. At least the high-end ones on the Snapdragon 800 may come to other things as well. And effectively, what it does is it puts a pedometer, a step counter, inside your device. And the reason this works is because the accelerometer sensor, which does this kind of sensing on all the apps that do this, it, it puts a kind of the control, the, the processing for that on a sub-processor so it can be running all the time rather than relying on the main processor. What that means is the power requirements are dramatically reduced. So in other words, your accelerometer sensor and a few other sensors can be on all the time and the phone can collect data as you're walking around. So you've got an always-on step counter. Now, Nokia Motion Monitor takes advantage of that and it's a bit like the activity trackers that we've already got there are lots of them runtastic and then there's the standalone things like uh, Fitbit or the Jawbone app or the Nike Fuel Band. They all do the same kind of thing, tracking, you know, your activity, how many steps you've taken and that, that can translate into, you know, the number of calories you burned and all of that kind of thing. But this is being built into the phone. And so I think this is interesting because it can be always on. It's not reliant on the GPS. In fact, it actually skews using the GPS for power reasons. And this is just an early beta, kind of a look at the technology. I just thought I'd highlight it because this is kind of the next bit of smartphone convergence we're going to see. It's going to take in these kind of standalone activity trackers like the Fitbit, the Flex, or whichever Fitbit model you have, and the Nike Fuel Band, the Dual Band Up, or the Mifit Shine, and put it inside the phone. And I think that's a really welcome change. Nokia isn't being particularly innovative here. It's actually something that Qualcomm's done, and we've seen it in the uh, Samsung Galaxy S4, for example, in the S Health application. Apple have done something very similar with their 
uh, motion chip in the iPhone 5S. But, you know, it's arriving on Windows Phone and Nokia are going to exploit that. So it's another example of how having the Snapdragon 800, the most recent, the cutting edge silicon inside a Windows Phone device, is actually going to mean that Windows Phone and its devices kind of keep current with what's going on elsewhere in the smartphone ecosystem. So definitely one to watch. In terms of practicality, it's not very useful with the 1520 because it's such a big device. It, it tends to be one that doesn't always live in the pocket, but you can imagine it being in a, a device that's smaller. It starts to become more interesting then. Uh, so this is more of a kind of a look ahead to see what's coming next. Uh, I, I've been trying it out. Accuracy seems fairly good. It seems to overestimate a little bit compared to the Fitbit tracker I have, uh, but that's only a, a minor concern. It is in beta, Nokia looking for feedback on that kind of thing. So I'll certainly be submitting a few reports to uh, beta labs. So there we go. Uh, other applications coming out, you do get the feeling that quite a lot of people are clearing the decks before Christmas and going, let's just get this crunch done, get it out there and see what happens. We've always wanted to talk about. Steve, do you want to take Nokia camera? Yeah, this is uh, obviously oh. the same Nokia camera we've had for all the PureView devices from Nokia running Windows Phone. Um, and what they've done basically is said, okay, let's let's we love the interface, we love the flexibility. Um, let's um, recode it to work on the lower spec devices, I would less RAM. Uh, and they've done that initially in beta initially through Nokia Beta Labs um, for devices like the, you know the 625 we just mentioned, the 520, the 620, and so forth. Um, and uh, it's, yes, available. It works very, very well. Obviously, you don't get all the advanced, you know, oversampling and stuff you get on the 1020, for example, and the 1520. But you do get that flexibility in terms of controlling just about every setting of the camera hardware, which means that we've had people with 520s and 62, 620s, for example, sending in some astonishing photographs, really creative photos taken on a very, very low spec camera because they've got this really good software. And you can see that Nokia's game plan here is just is to get out through beta labs, make sure it's bug free. And in a couple of months time, we'll see um, the next firmware updates for uh, the 520, 620 and so forth, um, accepting this as, as an, an application, probably through the Nokia collection. And yes, then every, every, every Nokia Lumia owner can enjoy this uh, sort of next gen camera interface. Uh, agreed, Steve. I mean, it's really important to have those experiences on the lower end devices. And it, it, it just kind of reinforces what we we're saying earlier about them being fantastic value for money. Okay, so having looked at some of the beta releases, let's go on to some of the notable kind of full app releases. And I suppose one of the big names that caught our eye this week was uh, Subway Surfer. I have to admit, I've never played this game. Uh, I told you that it'd come out and there was kind of a squawk of excitement I would describe it as. So uh, Ewan, perhaps you can tell me why I should be excited about Subway Surfers. Oh, it depends. Personally, I don't think you should be. Okay, fine. Why should other people be excited? From a a platform point of view... Remember all the times people was, oh, what's the application that you really want on Windows Phone? Everybody used to say Instagram. Right. You go around the um, the, the, the kids of today um, and make sure that you ask permission from the parents first and ask them what they want uh, game-wise on their smartphone. Yeah, Candy Crush comes in as well. But Subway Surfers is usually in the top five of mentions. Um, this is it's an it's an into the screen runner. It's um it's not like a spaceman came traveling and brought us another genre. We just have another one sitting on there. But it's it done exquisitely well, incredibly fast graphics, and it's a very granular challenge. There's the game itself. There's daily challenges. There's weekly challenges. There's monthly challenges. Uh, and yes, there is a freemium element in there. And yes, you can buy lots of coins for quite a bit. Uh, but with bits of coins and coin doublers as well and I mean I've been playing this on the other platforms now for at least a year or so uh, never felt the need to buy any of the premium stuff still thoroughly enjoying it the fact is this Instagram, Vine and others 
we are starting to get those names that you expect on other platforms on Windows Phone. People who open up uh, their Christmas presents on the 25th um, and they get their smartphone out there and it's a Windows Phone, they go on and they start looking for the apps that they hear mentioned around. They start looking for apps like Instagram. They start looking for games like Subway Surfers. This is why it's important because you have developers who are bringing over the known names from other platforms into Windows Phone. It's gr- it would be great to have more unique IP. Be great to, you know, we had that with Halo, for example, um, which was unique to Windows Phone 8. But we also need to have what everybody else expects. When you pick up a phone, it needs to do what you want it to do. And for many people, that's applications. And for a lot of people, that's gaming applications. And for many of those people, it's Subway Surfers. That's when you would make that small squeak of a noise that went a bit like, oh, I'm having that. Thank you, you and I. I now feel educated about Subway Surfers. The app I want to mention is Radio Player. It's specific to the UK, this one, really, but it lets you listen to hundreds of radio stations. It's kind of the on-demand streams, but also a certain amount of uh, on-demand content as well. So you can listen to radio shows that have uh, taken place early in the week. It covers all the big BBC stations. That's a public broadcaster in the UK, but also lots of the kind of the commercial stations, things like Classic FM, Heart, Gold, Jazz FM, TalkSport, and many more, as well as lots of local and community radio stations too. So chances are, if there's a radio station you listen to regularly, it will be available through the Radio Player app. The app's been nicely done. It's a a slick implementation, very easy to find the stations you want and get listening to the stream with just a a few clicks. And so it's kind of this idea of not having to use FM radio, but being able to get to loads and loads of radio stations very easily. So more content for your Windows phone. I was impressed by this one. Um, there will be some restrictions in where you can get hold of it. Um, in terms of UK users, though, it's really they're going to be the ones wanting to download this. So I thoroughly recommend it. I describe this as an essential app. I think anyone in the UK can recommend downloading this. Uh, Steve, how about you? Have you got any app you want to shout about this week? Well, people may be amused by this. Having seen me do <laughs> an eight, eight um, podcatchers for Windows Phone, and then I think, oh, blimey, there's another two, ten. Then it became 12 podcatchers for Windows Phone, which I, I worked through. It worked up to 5,000 words now, this, this regularly updated article. In the comments that there were two more podcatchers mentioned, and I've now discovered a 15. So there are now 15 podcatchers for Windows Phone, and I want to give a shout-out. Obviously, I'll be updating the article over the Christmas period, so watch out for that. Um, Podcast Picker. I'd never heard the name before. It was mentioned in the comments to that article. And it's it's a basic interface. It's just how I like it. And the main point is it, it seems to work incredibly reliably. It it, um, it gathers your podcasts without any hassle. It remembers where you got to in each podcast without any hassle. It's got automatic cleanup. It's got automatic automatic everything. It's just plain unfancy, does the job, does what it says in the tin and gets it out of the way. And that's exactly how I like my podcatchers. So uh, thoroughly recommended, really. There's this one big, big bug in the UI, which I've mentioned to the developer. I'm hoping he gets the update out before I actually do the next write-up. Otherwise, I still have to mention it. But um, otherwise, if, 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 if you've been struggling with, I don't know, Podcast Lounge, which is otherwise an excellent program, if you've had any other problems with the other 12, 13, or 14, then have a look at Podcast Picker. It's only a, a quid or so, I think, in the, in the store and uh, highly recommended. Okay, thank you, Steve. There's also been some notable app 
updates this week, I'd uh, pick out WhatsApp, for example, kind of high profile title. And it's now possible to send pre-recorded video messages, something that wasn't possible before. You could only send videos that you've recorded in the app. And it's also now possible to send multiple images in one message. So just a, a good cadence of updates coming from WhatsApp, a notable one there. Are you and is there anything that stands out this week for you in terms of app updates? We might as well mention both updates to Vine and Instagram. And, um, big both big titles, yeah. Already uh, been mentioned. Good to see continued support on that. And to be honest, the fact that they're adding in the, the updates, I'm less concerned the fact that they're starting to add in the features and what the features are. I'm just really happy to see that they are being updated. I mean, for, if we look what happened with the Foursquare application, for example, it was released, it looked wonderful, and it stayed the same for months and months and months. I'm looking at Amazon Kindle's application now and going, yeah, you gave a token update, but we still, there's a whole bundle of stuff that hasn't been added in. Just really pleased to see uh, that these applications are going up. And yes, it, it is bringing it up to the same quality and the same functionality as the other applications. They've got out there slightly less functionality than other versions and other platforms of the apps but uh, good to see that those updates are going through uh, and if we do a very slight change of gears as well it's nice to see some of the developers are remembering that christmas is a good time to do marketing on your applications indeed we've got various deals in the marketplace one of which is the uh, 12 days of red stripe that's a microsoft one uh, you can get 12 apps and games at reduced prices but there's plenty of other developers doing themselves doing things independently of that but you're right these uh, app updates from the existing titles particularly these high profile ones are important there's still work to do i mean i think instagram for example has a lot of work left to do and honestly the kind of third party options are you know probably uh, more fully featured at the moment but the official apps are obviously important and a regular series of updates speaks to them actually having a dedicated windows phone app development team and that's going to be increasingly important when it's not going to be so much about whether an app is available it's going to be about the quality of the app that's available and consumers may even start comparing on that basis so one to watch uh, for next year i think Indeed, yes. Uh, but before we get to next year, we have to do some presents from under the Christmas tree. Uh, first of all, in a delightful uh, idea for a podcast, we're now going to hand each other presents. Virtually. <laughs> Vir- yeah, virtually. We're not actually going to hand each other presents. But if we did, if it, the thing then, Rafe, is they wouldn't have known that if you hadn't said anything. We could have done, <laughs> we could have done, like, here you go. Oh, I'll just unwrap this from Steve. Thanks, Steve. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Look what I've got. Steve, what is it? Uh, we could have got away with that. We could. No, not now. Now, now we've got to be so perfect and honourable and wonderful and make sure that we're on the list and checking it twice. And uh, Rafe, not tonight, Santa, just Rafe on his own. But yes, I thought we could all suggest a Windows Phone present to each other on the team. Uh, in a cunning way of returning app of the week to the end of the podcast. So, uh, Steve, you've had the most thinking time on this idea. Uh, what <laughs> presents do you have? Well, for Rafe, uh, happy Christmas. I'd like to give you an extra Qi charger because I don't know quite where you've got them around your home, but I bet you haven't got enough. And if you had an extra one in your kitchen and an extra one in your bedroom, for example, then wherever you go, you can just pop your 95 and it's charging the shell or whatever down and you'll be a topped up throughout the day. So that's my present to you. Oh, brilliant. Steve, how did you know? I... I asking father christmas for one of those and i've got my fingers crossed and now i don't have to because i've got one from steve there we are and for you and i've Ooh. got you a light meter so that when you take <laughs> you, basically 
if you take try and take a photo for review and it's not light enough, it will tell you, it will flash or, or buzz or something, and you won't carry on trying to take it. And then I have to complain. So you have a light meter for Christmas. Oh, thank you very much. So, um, and this is where the full effect would have went in if we were doing this properly. Uh, Steve, uh, I've got this here for you. Um, it's a create your own Instagram filter application. Uh, it allows you to choose a time period uh, and an incorrect color and will automatically destroy all the nice pictures on your phone and create an artistic Instagram filter that everybody will be compelled to share online. I will put that present in the same bucket that I've put the brick, which is the Binitone phone I got sent for review. You've probably seen that mentioned in the press. Rafe, I actually didn't buy you something strictly speaking Windows Phone, although there are digital versions available. As promised, I have bought you a chess clock. Thank you, Ewan. I will um, endeavour to keep it in use during podcasts throughout the 2014. It's a very special chess clock, as you'll notice that it's the side that is for Steve and I, it measures minutes, and the side for yours mentions hours. Excellent. Just what I needed. <laughs> um well, I did have some quite sensible presents worked out, but I guess I have to now try and improvise a little bit on the fly. Uh, for Steve, I've got a very special present, which is a wireless wireless charger, which is a new accessory that's come out from uh, Nokia recently. It was announced at Nokia World. This combines a Qi charger card, Qi charging pad with a portable battery charger, because I know you love both of those accessories. And I actually think this is ideal for uh, someone like Steve who... Is taking photos all the time, using up all the battery, and needs to recharge his phone. But that's, um, I'm, I'm afraid to say, a pretty boring present, Steve. But uh, I'm going to return the favour since you bought me a cheap charging pad. But I'm going to one up it with, with a wireless wireless charging pad. And you're, the, well, you're forgiven for ruining Christmas with the the breaking down of the the, the third screen, as it were, and uh, showing people it wasn't real. <laughs> Thank yes, you, Steve. Yeah, that, that that third earphone that we would normally have in the theatre and audio went completely gone. Rafe, my present better be wrapped in red. Your present isn't wrapped in red because oh. it's a virtual present. Uh, this is I'm going to buy you a voucher from the uh, Microsoft Store, and actually you can use any voucher that's got the kind of Xbox branding on it you can go and buy them on amazon and that's and just not me that's everybody Every, anybody can use any xbox search for any microsoft product that that's right and it goes into your wallet if you then go into the wallet application on windows phone 8 and tap on the kind of the microsoft bit of it you can enter this code and it's sort of about 20 letters or so and it'll then get added to your wallet and you can then use that for buying music from uh, xbox music or videos from xbox video or you can use it in the app store because i can't actually think of what app or music because i don't know your taste well enough it's i'll buy you something obscure and you'd probably still complain about it and i dread to think what your film uh, choices are going to be like so i thought i'd let you buy it yourself but this is actually a handy tip if you're doing a last minute bit of christmas wrapping up and you suddenly realize that you haven't bought a present for the uh, windows phone owning person in your life just pop along to something like amazon.co.uk or amazon.com or anywhere else you can buy the uh, xbox vouchers go ahead and buy one you'll get delivered digitally it'll be just a string of 20 numbers they'll be able to put that into the wallet and then use it to buy digital content on their windows phone and you'll be saved from the, the blushes of not having a present for them or if you want to give them an extra present so there you go Ewan. um uh, not as exciting as my chess clock but hopefully you'll enjoy choosing whatever content you want indeed yes i'm very tempted to buy a film called zero hour if uh, anybody is is keeping track of that zero hour um, actually steve rafe aware nope. of it steve no. um, it's actually a, a 1950s film 
um, which was used as it's a disaster film, and you get uh, people go on a plane and, and they get food poisoning, and the pilot and the co-pilot are incapacitated, and the passenger has to land a plane who had a problem in the war. Um, people who've seen the film Airplane uh, will mm. recognise that Zero Hour is actually mm. the film the airplane is based on. They use the same script, right? So all surely not. Air- Oh, no, Steve. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, the interesting thing is, even though it is the same script, they are completely different films altogether. So this is relevant to Windows Phone. How exactly? Oh, because you missed a cracker joke. I'm buying you mistletoe and wine next year. I just want to buy in the store. I'm giving you a gift idea. Given the... There we go. Done. Actually, I have one more gift. and, And that gift is going to be for a lucky listener. Ooh. Now, uh, have you spotted what I've been doing, both of you two, during the podcast? No, Rafe? I never do. Um, no. Going Steve? off topic. No, no, no. I've sneaked in the names of 10 popular Christmas songs into the podcast. Right. Of course you have. Why, why yeah. didn't I notice? Why, why do I never notice these things? So all the change from slipping in Eurovision song. To it does. I'm not allowed to use it. Now, you have to pay again, Steve. That's two weeks in a row. You have to pay the fine for mentioning it. I haven't. So there we go. Anyway. But uh, anybody who wants to pop in and can find those 10 Christmas song titles uh, that we have uh, sneaked into the podcast, uh, get in touch. Uh, through the comments, it's always all about winningsphone.com. We find a nice prize or a badge or, or one of these mystery vouchers uh, or something. Um, because, you know, that's the power of love that we have. We'll give you that one to start with. Uh, but for now, uh, it's, um, are we taking next week off, by the way, Rafe? I think we probably will be. Uh, in that case, uh, I shall quote Abba and say Happy New Year to you all out there and thank my super trooper that is Rafe Blanford. I do, I do, I do. Happy Christmas, everybody. And of course, uh, we have Steve Litchfield, the Dancing Queen. <laughs> Uh, I've just thought of another present, by the way. I'm going to, I'm going to buy everyone a butterfly net, uh, Rafe and I, so we can catch all the modern cultural references that otherwise go flying over our head. Bye for now. Can I just point out that ABBA would not be a modern cultural reference? No, not them. The, the other ones, anyway. What, the Wanted? <laughs> the Vamps. The, oh, Voodoo Six. Uh, let's just put a wrecking ball through it. Yay! Stop now, please. Happy uh, Christmas, everyone. Of the fact that Rafe goes for Miley Cyrus and I go for Bruce Forsyth's grandson. There we go. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, um, we do hope to uh, give you lots of information about Windows Phone throughout these podcasts, but also to entertain as well. Sometimes the balance is there, sometimes the balance isn't in there. I just hope that everybody out there enjoys and joins us back again in 2014.